everyone, this is Rosalie Elliott. Welcome to Woman Unplugged. Hey everybody, it is Rosalie Elliott with Woman Unplugged. Welcome back. This is crazy. It has been so many months since I last uploaded and recorded our latest episode and there's different reasons for that. Some of them were me being pregnant, expecting our third child, a little baby boy who is now about 11 weeks. Now also going through things like moving, relocating, and then there were personal things I was going through, some dark times and some deep valleys. And I was struggling with feeling motivated, with feeling encouraged. I guess you could say at times I was even a little depressed. And in those times when I'm deep in my feelings, I have a hard time sharing freely. For one, because I need to process what's happening first, but also because I want to feel adequate and equipped to speak on a topic so that I can be of help and encouragement to others. And so there was quite a while where I I would have an idea, but I wasn't sure, and then life got busy. So you mix all that together and the months flew by. But I'm so happy to be back. I'm so glad that I get to record another episode for you. And today I want to specifically get personal because something I tend to do, even though this podcast is called Woman Unplugged, is that I have a hard time really being unplugged and raw. And I want to do better at being vulnerable. I want to encourage you to do the same because like I said, and like I say continually in my intro, we're new to this thing called life. And I think sometimes we forget that we're not alone in it either. But before we get started, just a quick reminder that your reviews make all the difference. So if you're listening to this right now, would you consider quickly clicking that pause button or simultaneously multitasking and just going over to whatever platform you're using to listen to this and leave a review? I really, really appreciate it because this is what helps our platform grow. This is what helps us be listened to by others as well. So please, please, please leave a review. Check us out on YouTube, Woman Unplugged, and subscribe. All your support is so appreciated. So thank you for that. Let's dive right in. I want to talk about my postpartum process today. Not only what I've been going through personally, but also what it has to do with you. I know I gave birth to that baby, and maybe you didn't, even though you might have your own children. But what I want to share with you today directly pertains to you, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. Apart from the fact that I want to share what I'm going through and be more vulnerable, as I said a second ago, there's a reason you need to listen to this. Regardless if you're a man or a woman, even though this is mostly for the women out there, but hats off to those men who listen to this and pull content and encouragement from this too. Regardless if you're a man or a woman, if you have children or not, you're experiencing what I'm going through to a degree. I know that might sound crazy, but I'll tell you why. A few hours after I gave birth to our son on September 13th, I started thinking about having another baby. That's crazy, right? Why the heck would I want to go through that again? I think, I think we mothers forget what we go through. That must be a gift from God so that we don't stop multiplying and populating the earth. <laughs> Otherwise, we may go extinct. And I knew that thought was silly. I had just given birth. What is wrong with me? I just had a baby, I was enjoying it. But it's funny how quickly we, we judge those thoughts that we have and those feelings we experience and we don't assess that maybe there's a valid reason why we're going through these things. It seems that, that we tend to forget that we're human, right? We judge ourselves for those thoughts and feelings instead of figuring out where it's coming from. 
So I felt this sense of anxiety when I realized that I needed to decide quickly if I would have another baby or not, since I'll be 35 in July. And I felt guilty for thinking like this because I had just given birth. I was thinking to myself, just enjoy this new baby. What are you talking about? Are, are we done now? Are you going to have another one or not? But I felt this anxiety because... Of course, as you know, the older you get and want to have babies, the more complicated things get. And I also don't know, I don't want to be 40 with a newborn or have children in college and in elementary school at the same time. So there was this sense of urgency in having to decide sooner than later. And the thought of that made me feel anxious, realizing that this very well could be my last baby. And if it's not, if I do want to try for another, we have to do so soon. And as the weeks have gone by, I feel like three is really a good number for us. There have been moments where I thought, well, you know, a fourth, would it be so bad? But to be honest with you, for one, I feel like the more kids I personally would have, the less I can be there for each one of them to the extent that I want to be. I think I would be afraid that I would not be as successful as a mother. And I'm not saying that that doesn't work for some. I have a dear friend who has six children and she's amazing at what she does. Then there are mothers who are fine with just one or two. And then there's women who don't want to be mothers at all, right? We all have our role. We all have our lives and we do what we've got to do. But personally, I don't know how much I would be able to be emotionally present and be a successful mother or also provide financially for that many children. And so I feel like three is a good number for us, but I just had this feeling, this feeling of anxiety that this might be it. Is this the last pregnancy I got to experience? Is this the last baby? And then to be honest, I also have my own ambitions, right? I have my businesses, podcasts, music, and that might sound selfish. I actually feel guilty for saying that, but the more children I have, the less time I have to work on those things. And those things are fulfilling to me. They help give my life as an individual meaning beyond being mom and wife. That's Rosalie. That's what Rosalie loves to do. And so that thought, that feeling, realizing that this is our last baby led to that anxiety because it made me realize that this was the last pregnancy. What was this really about? And that's where you come in. That's why I say this has something to do with you because you may not be going through the same thing, struggling with the fact that you can't have children, won't have children, or that this was your last baby. Maybe you're thinking of something completely else. Chance is that you have experienced a moment in time in your life where you felt anxiety rise up in you because you had to either make a quick decision, right? Or even when you realized that the answer was obvious and you, you knew what you had to do, that meant a certain outcome. Every decision we make has a consequence, cause and effect. If you choose one college degree, you're saying no to another. If you marry one person, you close the door on marrying the other. Every decision we make, every yes to one thing is a no to something else. Sometimes those decisions can trigger anxiety. You may be in a different situation, like I said. For you, it may have nothing to do with children, but it may have all things to do with careers. Wanting to achieve these different things in life and feeling anxious because you feel like you're not reaching your goals fast enough or you're worried that time is running out. Wishing you could go back to college, wishing you could try a different career path, but wondering if it's too late or maybe wondering if you'll ever be able to travel to that country you've always dreamed of going to. 
For some others, it might be related to relationships and marriage. Maybe you never got married and you're grieving the fact that you have not found your spouse yet or wondering if you ever will or afraid that it's too late. And with that comes grief and anger and sadness because we have these hopes and expectations in life. And the list goes on and on. You insert your life story, your expectations, your unfulfilled dreams, and those moments where you feel anxious. And maybe you know why, maybe you don't know why. And in my case, I had to process for a while because I felt silly for thinking of another baby moments after I had given birth. But I think what it boils down to is death anxiety. And that might sound crazy to some of you, right? After all, what is having to decide on which college you go to, decisions in your career regarding children or marriage have to do with death? After all, you're going to college, not dying, right? You're going to get married or you're having a child, you're not dying. But the reason why, to me, it's connected to death anxiety and existential fear is because when we come face to face with the fact that our time is limited, that things come to an end, it reminds us of our mortality, that we are going to die. Realizing you're going to college means you're closing a chapter of your childhood, perhaps, right? A part of you, that child within you, is growing up and has to now take responsibility. Maybe your high school days are over and this is morphing into something new. Or becoming a mother means the end of your independent years. Who are you now as a person, right? Are you now just mother? Are you now just wife? Are you allowed to have your own ambitions and desires? As a single woman, your time was available in overflow. You got to express yourself and do whatever you want. Now another human depends on you. And you're spending your ever-waking moment trying to be there, checking multiple times in the middle of the night if your little one is still breathing. Our bodies are physically responding to the baby's cries. That painful feeling like needles in your breasts when the milk is coming in. Anxiety rising in your stomach when they start crying again after they finally fell asleep and you were able to exhale. This was something that I struggled and still struggle with. Sometimes I get so exhausted from the baby's cry that I find myself almost exhaling and my body instantly relaxing when he finally goes to sleep. But in turn, when he wakes up again, the anxiety kicks back in. And these things will wear on you, going to sleep but sleeping so lightly because you know any moment he might wake now or you don't want to sleep too deep because you want to hear if there's an emergency. I don't know about you, but I'm that creepy mom that goes upstairs and checks on my daughters and hovers over them to make sure they're breathing. <laughs> I mean, you know, the things we do, but it's constantly on our minds, right? Even when we take time for ourselves and we're out of the house for a few hours, we're still wondering what's going on at home, trying to meet the needs of those we've been entrusted with. We may go to the grocery store by ourselves and we're, we're busy doing things. And there's, there's two sides to that, just as a side note. On one hand, I feel like going grocery shopping, practicing basic hygiene like taking a shower is not necessarily self-care anyways. That might feel like self-care because we finally have a moment to ourselves and that's wonderful. It's a huge blessing. I think if we have shelter and food and we have the ability to go get groceries, we're already we're very blessed. But at the same time, if we're not doing it right, it's just another to do. Even though we did it without the kids, it's just another checkbox on our list. What it's about when it comes to self-care is not so much what you do, but how you do it. You could be spending time listening to worship music, doing breathing exercises, really being present as you drive to the grocery store. 
then maybe you're actually caring for yourself. Or maybe you're listening to some calming music and you're praying or taking a few minutes here and there to write your thoughts down in a journal as you cook. That can be self-care. So again, I think it's how you do it, not so much what you do. Any chapter of our life can bring complete beauty, but also a lot of anxiety because it means the end of something else. And when we come face to face with things ending or the possibility thereof, it can lead to existential fear. After all, what we want is to exist in all the ways possible. I want to live life to the fullest. For me, the idea that this is most likely my last baby, it triggered existential fear in me because it reminded me that this was my last pregnancy that I will ever have. There's no going back to that part of my life. Any moments that I've missed, any moments I didn't savor, any things I didn't really pay attention to, I would never get another opportunity to experience that. Realizing that this was the last of those moments, of those experiences, was a reminder that I'm getting older, that my life is coming to an end at some point. And while I'm still young and I have, God willing, many years ahead of me, my dating years are over. The wedding planning excitement, the expectancy and experience of becoming a mother will never happen again. I still have a lot of childhood years ahead of me. My children are, are young. And there are many people who may not struggle with this type of anxiety because they're focused on all the things that are to come. And that is a very great way to think about things. I remember a time where I was struggling with feeling depressed. It was another season in my life where I struggled with death anxiety and I suppose I didn't realize it. And my husband so wisely just started asking me questions about all the things I had not experienced yet. He asked, have you seen your grandchildren yet? And he would list all these different things that I have yet to experience and so therapeutically, it somehow created a new joy, a new excitement in me because I started thinking of all the things that I have not experienced yet, but that I would love to go through, that I would love to live in this life. And that perspective shift really helped. But if you're someone like me that reminisces on the past, you may also find yourself being triggered by the fact that some things come to an end. And I think life is all about both balance. We look at the past, we learn from it, we reflect on the beautiful things that have gone by, and we look in anticipation and excitement into the future. We'll be right back and continue this conversation after a quick message. Today's episode is sponsored by Crypto Shuttle. Have you been wondering how you can grow financially and make passive income? Cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin are the big rage right now. And who knows, it may become standard currency one day. Educate yourself now and get a head start on your finances. Learn more by following Crypto Shuttle on Instagram. That is Crypto, C-R-Y-P-T-O, Shuttle on Instagram today. Thank you so much for your support. Ideally, however, we're present using this gift that God has given us in the here and now. And I think something interesting to note is that the past and the future are technically illusions. We spend so much time, my sister-in-law so wisely said a long time ago, we spend 50% of our time wondering about the past, re remembering, maybe regretting. And the other 50% we spend worrying about the future and there's no time left to actually be in this very moment. But actually, that's all that we have. Augustine says something very interesting in his writings called Confessions. He says, what is this time? If no one asks me, I know. 
If I want to explain it to a questioner, I do not know. But at any rate, this much I dare affirm I know, that if nothing passed, there would be no past time. If nothing were approaching, there would be no future time. If nothing were, there would be no present time. But the two times, past and future, how can they be, since the past is no more and the future is not yet? On the other hand, if the present were always present and never flowed away into the past, it would not be time at all, but eternity. But if the present is only time because it flows into the past, how can we say it is? For it is only, for it is only because it will cease to be. Thus we can affirm that time is only in that it tends towards non-being. And while this may sound very philosophical and we could go on and on for days debating and discussing this, if something is only because it's ceasing to exist, time is only because it's passing, otherwise it's eternity. And if we only understand something to be because it's moving, because it's ceasing to be from birth to death, the beginning of the day, the end of the day, then the question is, is it at all? If something only exists because it has to cease to exist. And of course, we could go on and on and further into the philosophical questions about our existence as humans. If we only exist because we're dying, what does that mean? And is it possible that we can conclude that it is proof that we are eternal and that it is more than just a beginning and an end that we are? because we are made in the image of the great I am. But without diving into philosophy and these endless questions too far, I think from personal experience, we can see that our human life, our experience here on earth is defined by a beginning and an end. The sun rises, the sun sets, the earth keeps turning, babies are born and people die. We understand that things begin and things end. And where we could debate all day why that is. Some would perhaps use the fall of man and Genesis and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life and the consequences that came with that disobedience in the Garden of Eden. That led to eternal beings now becoming mortal. Others might use other theories. Whatever the case, however that began, I believe that God is eternal. Even scripture teaches he is not a man that he would lie. It says also that he has written eternity in our heart. One of the translations of the Tanakh, the Jewish Bible, says he has written an enigma in our hearts. God knows the beginning and the end. He knows the end from the beginning. God is eternal. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And time is is relative. It's a tricky concept we try to use to grasp and hold on to things we can't hold on to. And I think that sometimes while we could get lost in philosophies, it's important to at least expose ourselves to some of these conversations and think on them because that fear, that anxiety that comes with not understanding our mortality, that desperation to hold on to something we can't hold on to, our desperate attempt to give it a name, 
to define something that cannot be defined. Slow down for a moment and go, why am I so consumed with my schedule? Why am I so consumed with time? Why do I feel anxious at the thought that time is running out and that I can't hold on to these moments in my life? And where is death anxiety? Where is my existential fear driving my decisions? Where am I consumed by my fear of death, my desire to exist and to take this life by the horns? Where is that manifesting in how I look at my family, how I spend time with my friends, how I approach my career, what I do with my body? Pay attention to those things. Dive a little deeper. Look at the why. What's causing these fears? And then maybe perhaps you can slow down long enough to realize that while time is ultimately relative and perhaps we were made for eternity right now, we are confined by time and these bodies will see decay. But our spirits, I believe, there's hope. There's hope for our souls. There's a home in eternity. And perhaps that knowledge, that faith that there is a God who loves you, who sees you, who formed you and who is above and beyond time who is not confined by time. He cares. He sees you. And maybe resting in those everlasting arms and enjoying this very moment that you're in right now. You hear my voice. Maybe you can feel your feet on the ground. Pay attention to what you smell around you. Take a deep breath. Right now in this very moment, you get to be alive. This is all you've got. This is the gift you've been given. You can do this. Just make it through the next five seconds. Be here right now. And when you feel overwhelmed and consumed by anxiety and by depression, ground yourself and make it through the next five seconds. You can do that. And the next five seconds after that, this very moment is all you have to worry about because it's all you've got. Maybe a lot of these topics don't apply to you. You're not stressed or feeling anxious about marriage, nor children, nor the career. Something big that we've all gone through recently, however, is something like the worldwide pandemic. When people are told that this disease is ki killing hundreds of thousands of people and it might come to a neighborhood near you anytime soon, that will trigger death anxiety, right? And there too, people will react to it differently. Some people look to medication and vaccinations to deal with their existential fear. They look for a remedy and a way out because they don't want to die. On the other hand, you have those who are giving pushback to that exact thing, to medication and vaccination for the same reason, existential fear, because they don't want to be limited. They're afraid that restrictions could come in place that force them to do things they don't want to do. Being told to wear a mask, having to social distance, having to take a vaccine, being afraid that the government could take control. This can trigger existential fear because it infringes on our freedom to live however we want to, right? So whatever side of the spectrum you're on, a lot of times what we share in common is that death anxiety, not wanting to lose our freedom in any direction. Both can trigger that fear. For me in my postpartum process, which I'm still in to a degree, I would struggle with that anxiety, like I said, because it meant the end of some things. It reminded me that I was getting older. But also there was anxiety because, and this is where I need to be vulnerable and where I struggle with feelings of guilt, is because I would wonder if I will ever get to travel again. Do I have opportunities to express myself? Or is it all about the children now? I don't just want to be consumed by the roles that I have as a wife and a mother. And then 
feeling guilty for feeling like that to begin with. Sometimes I sit at a playground watching my children play and observing the other mothers and their kids around and I, I don't feel like I, I fit in. I'm tired at times or I don't want to socialize and that makes me feel lonely and left out. Maybe I'm afraid of being judged by the other mothers if my kids behave in a certain way. I'm trying to work on that and I feel like I'm getting better, not being so quick to act out of that place of ego, right? I want to appear like a good mom. I want my kids to appear like well-raised children. And in the past, I feel like I would operate out of a lot of that anxiety and that image. And I would be very strict because I was worried about how others viewed me. I still think about it, but I'm getting better at it because I'm learning that my kids are kids and that it doesn't matter what other people think. I had a lot of opinions in the past about how people should raise their kids and how things should be. And the more kids I have, the more I realize that it's pretty complicated and that ultimately I don't know much at all. So I'm learning as I go because we're all new to this thing called life. Sometimes my anxiety manifests because of the extremes that we're living in right now. It just feels like everything is so sensitive and heightened that we're walking on eggshells or feeling that pressure to have the solutions for others, that urge to want to comment in Facebook debates or wanting to have perfected knowledge and understanding, thinking I have to have it all figured out before I can even speak on a topic. Existential fear can really get us at the core and everyone deals with it differently. You have those who look for external beauty. They get their makeovers and they have surgeries and they try so desperately to stay forever young, fighting the natural entropy of their bodies. You have those who get consumed with their careers because they think if they can just climb the ladder as high as possible, their life will have meaning. That too can be trying to fight existential fear. And then you have those who dive deep into faith and religion because they find hope in the fact that there may be life after death. And I understand that. I too find comfort in that. But all those things are different ways that we deal with or sometimes don't deal with our death anxiety. And the truth of the matter is that not everybody will be comforted by the same thing. For me, faith is very important and I find comfort and hope that God is an almighty good God and that we're created for more than just this limited life on earth, that we were created for eternity. I believe there's a reason we long for it and that that was ingrained in us if we were made in the image of God. I see so much love in Yeshua and Jesus. I find a lot of comfort in that, but I also understand that it's not an easy fix for everyone. There are people who have a lot of questions. There are people who won't be comforted so easily by the thought of the afterlife and hope in the glory that is to come because the pain here and now and what they're experiencing on earth is so great. I believe faith is important. It's a meta science where you have empirics, hermeneutics and mathematics to measure things on earth. Faith is a meta science. It's above that because God can't be measured with science. He can't be mathematically calculated. If he could, he would be a very small God, but we have faith to try to attain God and those supernatural concepts. And I think that helps. I do think it can really make a difference for people, even therapeutically speaking, to not only focus on their bodies and the somatic, but also pay attention to the psyche and to the spiritual. I believe to have a holistic approach, we have to look at all three. That is a journey. That's a process. Those are things we have to work through. And if we shame ourselves feeling guilty for having these fears, if we live in denial that existential fear is an issue, 
And if we keep running away by looking for different coping mechanisms instead of diving into it and dealing with the fact that we're going to die, then I feel we'll just be going in circles. What I do know and what I understand best as of now is what's right in front of me. I have faith that there is more, but on a day-to-day basis, I'm experiencing the here and now. And I want to live this life to the fullest. We all have different anxieties and different reasons why we go about life the way we do. But we do share that thing in common, I think. And that is a desire to live and to express ourselves. A desire to exist. And any threats to that existence, be it through physical death, emotional turmoil, spiritual distress, or restrictions on our freedom, those things will trigger existential fear. There's no easy fix that helps me when I'm feeling that anxiety. If you could go to the past right now, it would be your present. And if you could travel into the future, now that too is your present. And I think that's what it boils down to. Really being honest with yourself. Where is this anxiety coming from? Why am I so restless? Spend time with the one who made you. Spend time with the eternal one. As the mortal being you are, you are going to die. I am going to die. And to me, that's a scary thought because I'm enjoying this life. But there is hope for multiple reasons. I do believe that there is more and that there is life after earthly death. I do believe that there is hope to be with the eternal one, to be with God. I do believe he's made a way and that he loves us and that he wants us to have life to the fullest on earth, physically, but also in eternity. If you're listening to this, you are alive. Once you realize that a lot of your anxiety comes from that place of existential fear, try not to be so consumed with living in the past or trying to foresee the future. The only thing that's real is the present. That is the gift you've been given. And I think as we stop and actually exist in this very moment, we might find that our existential fear, the panic-driven desire to understand what comes next, that temptation to go in circles of regret and sink in that pit of all the what-ifs, all of that might slowly start to fade away when you're present in the here and now. There's hope in this moment, and there's hope for after death. Spend time with the one who made you. There's hope in the now and in the then. Spend time in his presence because he knows the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and Omega, and your life is in his hands. If you would just give it over to him, surrender, And know that you're safe and you're loved and that he did promise a hope and a future for us. You know, my postpartum process has been one of beautiful moments where I've savored what I had. Also moments where I felt hopeless and afraid that I was losing myself. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be overwhelmed. Maybe I fit in at the playground more than I realize. And sometimes letting people in and being more vulnerable is exactly what I need to do to realize how actually we have a whole lot in common. We're a beautiful, unique mosaic at the same time. What a treasure that I get to breathe. What a treasure that you're still breathing. I have resolved that I want to cherish these moments. I think there needs to be balance because if I live in denial of the broken world we live in and I don't pay attention to the things happening around me, that too may just be another way of dealing with death anxiety and existential fear by denying it and not wanting to pay attention. But at the end of the day, fear not. 
Don't live in fear because there's hope in the now and there's hope for an eternal glory with Hashem, the name above all names, Himself. So be encouraged. I don't know where you're at in your life right now. I don't think I'm through with my postpartum process. Some days are hard and I'm emotional. Other days are better. Right now, I feel encouraged as I get to encourage you. Be present in the here and now. Breathe in and breathe out. Enjoy this life. There is hope for the here and now and there is hope for the future to come. Feel free to reach out if you want to chat, if you have questions. And as always, please remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Find Woman Unplugged on all major podcast platforms. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, it makes all the difference. Until next time, sweet friends, this is Rosalie Elliott with Woman Unplugged. Thank you.